0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. I read a commentary of St. Augustine yesterday, and it was on uh, yesterday's Gospel, but I think it also pours over into what we're reading today. And it is. uh, that whole scene, just to again remember yesterday, the whole scene where the Lord is with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Pharisees, and he speaks to them um, about the fact that they, uh, they have all of these tithes that they pay, but they set aside justice uh, and love of God. But also he says to them, give alms and you shall be made clean. The interior is made clean. And so there was two commentaries that I thought were interesting that then uh, pertain to what we're looking at today. Um, which is that uh, that cleanliness, as St. Ambrose says, he says, giving alms cleanses the soul, but also that the word itself cleanses the soul. And he quotes from St. John's Gospel, where the Lord says to his disciples, you have been made clean by the words which I spoke to you. But then St. Augustine, what he says, and this relates to the first reading that we had today with Micah, where the prophet Micah, at the end there, it says, what is expected of us? Well, it is that we love justice and mercy and that we walk humbly with our God. And so the Lord, what he says to the scribes and the Pharisees is that he says, you pay all of these other tithes, but you set aside justice and love of God or mercy as well. And so this mercy, as St. Augustine says, has to begin with our own soul, has to begin with our own interior. And so uh, what the Lord doesn't want as he says other, where, other places in the gospel, is go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And that's what we see in the first reading today from the prophet Micah. It's not all of those sacrifices that the Lord wants, but this humble, contrite heart that comes to him and that opens itself up to the mercy of God. And that mercy has to begin in our own soul before we can begin anywhere else. And so St. Augustine says that we have, we have to have mercy with all of the poverty in our own soul. And so we are poor in the sense that our mind is searching for truth, begging for truth. And what we have to do is give our mind the truth, which is Christ himself. But also that our heart is begging not only to love, but to be loved. And so we must give our heart, Jesus Christ himself, so that we can be loved infinitely by Christ and return that love by his Holy Spirit something that we cannot do on our own, and that's what we have in the second reading today, where St. Paul says, "'We do not know how to pray as we ought, "'but the Spirit himself intercedes for us "'with sighs too deep for words.'" One of my favorite lines from all of Scripture, the beautiful assistance that we receive from the Holy Spirit in prayer. That should console us, because we might say, "'Well, I don't know how to pray. "'It doesn't matter. "'The Spirit does. "'I don't know what I should say. "'It doesn't matter the Spirit does. And so when we come to pray, we should just have this conscious awareness of the Holy Spirit coming and interceding for us and praying with us. And we allow the Holy Spirit to pray with us and to pray through us and to animate us in prayer. And so our heart, as we have said, uh, cries out to love and to be loved. We should give our heart Christ. But our soul cries out for grace. We have a fundamental poverty of spirit as we see in today's gospel. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poverty means we lack everything that is necessary. And so in spirit, we have to acknowledge our lack of everything. We have nothing. We come to God with empty hands, hoping to receive from him. And in mercy to our own soul, a soul that cries out for truth and for love, but also for grace because we are created in our nature for something that we cannot achieve by our own nature. We are created for God and for eternity, but we cannot do that ourselves. So we stand before the Lord as a beggar, as poor in spirit, and we pray for that grace, that grace which must flood our souls, the grace which comes forth from the heart of Jesus Christ on the cross, That grace which we receive in the sacrament of baptism, restored to us in the sacrament of confession, this grace must live in us and be in us, the life of God, the kingdom of God. And so what we see here in the gospel today is, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who acknowledge that need of God, that interior poverty, because not only do they receive God, but his entire kingdom as well. For the kingdom of heaven is, Is theirs to those who are poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn in this life as we know today especially we lose souls we lose those whom we love and we commend them to the mercy of god and so there is a natural mourning that takes place in our souls but god is that consolation the passion death and resurrection of christ is our consolation when we come and face and touch and when death impacts our own life. We look forward to that consolation that comes from God in the future, but even now through his cross. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. But we also mourn also interiorly for our own sins, the ways in which we offend God. And we are comforted or consoled as the word here is in the Greek. It's the same word that is used often for the Holy Spirit, the great consolator, the one who consoles our souls. And so when we lose grace or when we have a need of grace again and mourn the loss of that grace, we shall be comforted. When we have contrition and repentance and return to the Lord through the sacrament of confession, he restores us. Blessed are the meek Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is the restraining of our own action when it is required, not allowing our own anger to try and achieve ends by violence. Meekness is the reliance on divinity, on God's power and authority to deliver us from injustice. Meekness is knowing when not to act and allowing God to act. And in this way, we inherit the earth, right? We have to do nothing else but simply allow God to act, the only one who is able to do anything. As Scripture says, man's anger does not serve any purpose or does not serve God's purposes. And so the restraining of our anger, the restraining of the justice that we want to inflict and allowing God to do so is how we inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That is what we should also pray for, is that we hunger and desire righteousness. That is not something that we have within us, but is something that the Lord must give us, his own desire for righteousness. Sometimes we don't even desire to be holy, and it is wisdom that teaches us and gives us the, uh, the grace to know that we must pray even for that initial desire. Lord, give me the desire to be holy. Give me the desire to seek holiness. Give me the desire to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And and by means of the sacraments, we are satisfied in this hunger and desire, most especially when we receive the Lord in Holy Communion. He is righteousness. He is the one whom we should desire. He is the one whose grace will make us holy by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so our desire and hunger for righteousness is simply a hunger and a desire for Christ himself, fulfilled when we receive him in Holy Communion and the King of Heaven rests within our soul. We have received everything. We are truly satisfied in that desire when the Lord dwells within us. Blessed are the merciful. As we have said, mercy begins first with our own soul. Have mercy, as St. Augustine says, on your own soul. Give it truth and love and grace, for they shall obtain mercy. But that also means that the mercy that we have received from God is something that we should give to others. Bring them to the mercy and the fountain of mercy, which we have already drunk from ourselves. Blessed are the pure in heart. Purity here means more than simply bodily purity. Purity in heart means the heart has one fixed desire and intention— and is not tainted by other loves and other desires. It has one primary love, and all of the other loves are ordered underneath that love. A pure heart is a heart that loves God above all things, and then loves all things for his sake. And it is because of this, we know from scripture, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And so the pure in heart are those who will see and do see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is how we imitate Christ himself in his life. Christ's life is a life which comes to restore peace because of the disorder that has entered into his creation because of sin. He comes to restore peace, and when he stands before his apostles after his resurrection, after he has accomplished this peace between God and man, between man and his brother, and within the interior of the soul, he says to his apostles, Peace be with you. And so when we imitate Christ, we are peacemakers. We work within our own selves to restore that peace with God when we receive his grace, but also then to make peace with our neighbor when we forgive our neighbor as we stand in need of forgiveness and as we reconcile other souls to God as we have also been reconciled to God. And in this, the blessing that we receive is we shall be called sons and daughters of God. We are his children when we imitate his Son and when we have his grace within us. And then the effects of all of this are blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, because this is also in imitation of Christ. Persecution comes for those who follow the one who himself was persecuted and died. But also, it is not just in the persecution and in the suffering that is the end. It is in what Christ inherits and what he obtains for us through his death, which is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is nothing that the Lord has not himself experienced as we've seen in the readings this week, especially from the scribes and the Pharisees and all of those who utter all kinds of evils against him. He says when he calls us to be his disciples, we will suffer the things he has suffered and we should rejoice because of that, that we have been counted worthy to share in the sufferings of Christ. And so he ends this gospel today, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Amen.